Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, host by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Woo! Yeah! Heck yeah! <laughs> and we're back. Guys, we're back. We're back with our our main stand, uh, oh Hellboy himself. <laughs> just, just for a little context, we had to re-record. Kate really, I don't know if she really enjoyed me saying our main stand. The, the first time himself. you said, yeah, the main, our main stand, the Hellboy. <laughs> it's like, wait, Taves, are you like taken over by an alien or something today? You're like fully, like you're not the real Dave. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, let's, let, yeah, somebody has body snatched me. Yeah, you've been body snatched. <laughs> you're like an alien trying to sound human right now. <laughs> Our main stand. Yeah, right. The this alien looked at Instagram for 24 hours <laughs> and is trying to record a podcast with me. The sad facts is just me trying to be awake hip. and alive. No, <laughs> you're cool. I'm recording from Utah, so that maybe that's influencing me. You know, I'm <laughs> out of the zeitgeist of LA. Something um, in the water. Something definitely in the water. Yeah. I don't know that that it is. Uh, we'll try our best today. <laughs> and so this week we are covering the first issue of The Storm. Yeah. That is chapter one we're going to be covering. The Storm, uh, as you know, Kate, I think at this point, because you've looked at the collections, it's typically collected together with The Storm and The Fury. It's all, it's like six issues, but we're uh, we're splitting it up just because they weren't published like in a row. There was like a break in between. So Yeah, The yeah. Storm 1 through 3 was the original. Yeah, it was published yeah, first. Exactly. So we're definitely, we're just going to be covering, because we're sort of going back to our old model um, discussion and covering for the, just for our Hellboy himself. Yeah. <laughs> And I am very excited um, to us for to go through this just because it's the continuation of his story. It feels like we've been taking you take such long breaks from it. A lot of the focus has become BPRD, uh, Witchfinder, and me knowing have, having read ahead of this knows that this is sort of the we're really making our drive towards the end of Hellboy's main storyline. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe we we stay. We stay so far away from him, but I, it's coming to an end anyway. Yeah. It's kind of scary, but exciting because now we're back with some great art and some great storytelling, but we're going to be covering just the storm in these next two issues. We decided just because we wanted to only break it up into two, but we think it would be best just to cover the first issue yeah. of chapter one. And then next up next week, we'll of course cover chapters two and three. Those Sweet. issues. Um, I should probably stop rambling and hand it over to Kate to... Give us some credits and get us started. Yeah, you're not rambling, just excited. It's <laughs> it's really cool. And yeah, so Hellboy the Storm, written by Mike Mignola, illustrated by Duncan Fagredo, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley, originally published as The Storm back in, uh, from July to September 2010, which is, I don't know, it's kind of crazy. It's like getting, it's it's like catching up with us, almost. Like, almost. you know, we're 12 years away, but it's like... You know, before we were like 2003, it like seemed very far away. Yeah, I mean 1993. Yeah, is where yeah. We began. Really, <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, it starts off with this great, like, kind of scenic little hill in England, but already the sky's a little gray and like there are leaves blowing around, so you get the sense of like the wind is kind of rushing and a storm is building up. 
Ooh, we already have a storm. Yeah, and there's this little church here where we have Hellboy's old friend, Father Bill, talking to a police officer. We see some empty sarcophaguses. Yeah. Sarcophagi. I mean, mean, they're full stone and they're really like the graves of knights. Yeah. Completely empty. (laughs) Yeah, there are three of four of them are have the lids removed and the cop is trying to determine what happened. He's like, yeah, there's no marks on the stone like where somebody might have used a crowbar to crack into there and get the bodies out. Then Hellboy and Alice are kind of sitting like rather nonchalantly in a pew there. (laughs) Yeah. The cop is like, oh, and you guys happen to be there, too. Sort of like. You know, oh, something else is going on here that nobody's telling me, but whatever. (laughs) Hellboy kind of gives him the like, look here, Sonny, sort of a rundown where he's like, yeah, I've known Bill since the uh, thing with the headless nun back in 62. And the cop is like, (laughs) right. okay." I think like the cop like realizes at least like, okay, whatever. These guys are figuring it out. And he walks out. This is such a fun beginning because... The cop is not like he doesn't understand. He like disbelieves almost like he's like he's scoffing at all these like old tales, maybe. Yeah. But but he's talking to Hellboy. That, he's not bad at eye. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is great. Like, yeah. He's like, I know he even though there's a Hellboy that exists, he's just like, oh, that's nights. These things just disappear. And then yeah, it's so funny. I yeah. <laughs> also, Hellboy has this arm around Alice. There's like a little, you know. It's basically like they're kind of hanging with each other like that. You know what I mean? It feels that way. But at the same time, I'm like, is it or not? I don't know. It feels like that. It's like they're not being they're not like fully kissing or whatever. But (laughs) I think there's like a the like tone is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's there. I also like that there are casually like other people just like praying in the church. As a police investigation and Hellboy are walking around. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, you know, a police investigation's happening and Hellboy's like talking to a priest next to some open graves and people are still like, oh, I gotta go say a couple Hail, Hail Marys or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool looking. Like, the church looks really specific. I really like the look. I like how Fagredo drew this church. Yeah, the geography is very clear, which is very good. Yeah. And cool. And then uh, he's like, yeah, uh, this one, like, this guy is still left this suit of armor. Sir Edmund Dawes, his family saw to it that he got this place of honor, but he was a traitor. He sold his soldiers out to the French. And Hellboy, I guess, hears Sir Edmund saying, forgive me, or he imagines it or something. But there's a moment where it's kind of like this close-up on Hellboy and just a speech bubble from somewhere in sort of a bluish hue, forgive me. So I get the impression that like it's, Sir Edmund, either saying it in general or saying it to Hellboy in this moment. I, it, I don't know, but it's just a cool, spooky little ghost moment, I think. Yeah. If, if it's not just his literal ghost speaking, it does get just gives you that sense that like and it's like a quick even a reminder that Hellboy is just so connected with these supernatural elements. That's cool. And so, yeah, they have this fun exchange like him and Father Bill where He's like, yeah, uh, why don't you tell me what's really going on? You were robbed. Hellboy's like <laughs> joking, you know, saying it in like a, 
it's like great how you you get this like friendly like sort of bantery feeling from this little bit of dialogue it's really fun because father bill looks over his shoulder at him and goes come on come on come on (laughs) i saw wasn't burglars it was fucking knights walking out of their graves at night and you see like a little (laughs) panel of that which is nice awesome little like different color stones here dave stewart is crushing it as usual it just like is so beautifully colored i love it like understated, you know, like really nice shit. Same with like the cobblestones outside on the next page and like the roofs of the houses and stuff like that. It just gives it a little texture and stuff like that. Yeah, there's just such immediate life to this world that we haven't been. We've taken we've been we've stepped away from and we've been in other the same like BPR or Hellboy universe. But man, it's just there's something so when you return to 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 Hellboy and specifically Duncan Fregredo. I just feel like you get dropped right into a world that you immediately recognize with this detail. And it feels, it feels like an old tale, like a myth, a mythology. Yeah. that You just get to like enter briefly. And I love that. You know, it's a fucking great thing that it makes me think of too, is like, I I had never heard, or if I had heard it, I forgotten about it. The word for the word greeble, greebles or greebling. Where, like, especially in, like, sci-fi, like, in Star Trek and shit, how they have, like, a big ship, but they'll show the scale of it, like, the mass and size of it with, like, little tiny details, like, little sci-fi greebles, where it's just, like, little (laughs) pipes or, like, little fucking nodes that kind of stick out to make it look like it's bigger than just, like, a flat surface, and like that little bit of texture adds so much to like the scale and and reality of it. Same with like the it like the the shingles on the roofs and like stuff like that. Like these little details that Figredo adds in that make it that give us so much more information. Even though it's just like little bloop bloop bloop. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Isn't that yeah. fun though? Greebles, scribbling. I was Greebles, like scribbling. Yeah, Andrew Stan told me about that shit. Of course he knows that shit. (laughs) (laughs) And you're sharing it with all of us. Great. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, everybody probably fucking knows it already. I don't know. I feel like I learned shit and I'm like, do you know about this amazing thing? And everybody already fucking knows. (laughs) I didn't know. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, so they they walk out with uh, the priest. They're like, okay, thanks. He's like, wait, uh, stop with me for a pint. Hellboy tells him he's quit drinking and kind of makes his way. He he kind of got what he wanted out of talking to Father Bill. He knows that the noble dead are rising at just as was foretold, you know. Yeah, he got confirmed. Now he has confirmation of this thing. And knowing Hellboy and his usual way of dealing things, he just doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, well, he's basically like, I just want to spare Father Bill the weight of what we know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want, you know, it's bad enough you and I know that the world's going to fucking end probably. Uh, you know, let him go enjoy a pint pretty much. Also, it's huge that Hellboy stopped drinking. Like, this whole yeah. issue kind of deals with that. He's like sort of facing reality, I think. Like, he didn't want to acknowledge, you know, e- either. Uh, so, like, he didn't want to acknowledge, like, that he was going to play some key role in this because his assumption was that it was going to be a negative thing. But Alice is here. She believes he's going to do something good. And that maybe his like part in this prophecy is that he'll be like a savior or not a whatever, not the key to destruction. So he's like spent years and years running from that or like denying it, denying mm-hmm. it to like 
you know, denying it to every mystical creature that would appear before him and say like, oh, you're a Nungun Rama, you're the chosen one, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna end it all. And he's yeah. like, blah, 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 shut up, punch. Leave me alone. Yeah. And then to the point where he's like getting fucking wasted in like a ghost's house and stuff like that. So he's, st- he's sobering up. He's like, okay, I gotta kind of face reality right now. So I think that's a big characterization kind of thing for him that he's like sober in this issue. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love that we have such a big mystical creature um, our, our character that Mignola is choosing to just have him actually address a real relatable issue yeah. from our world, which is yeah. alcoholism to a degree um, without saying it. I think they almost straight up say it. like it's I mean, yeah, it's pretty out on the table, I think. Yes, 100 percent. It is that it's just they don't I don't think they like they don't get like Saturday morning special with it. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or a very special episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm very curious. I've never read anything about this or even looked this up. I'm very curious if Mignola is sober or I don't think he is because I feel like I've seen him post pictures about him drinking pints. But I was yeah, like, yeah. And like there was like a Hellboy he- beer and shit. Like I feel like he would be, he would have the <laughs> ability to say no to that if he was like, eh, maybe not. Yeah, but I wonder if he did go through like a stint of like maybe taking a break. Like I'm just very curious where this. I bet. He, I bet it comes. To, you know. Inspired. Also, like Hellboy in Mexico, he's fucking getting wasted. He's kind of like yeah. drinking away a month or so. Like I think you know you're telling stories like that. If maybe you've maybe like you know not not necessarily that Hellboy and Mignola are like a one to one compare. You know they're not the exact same guy or something. <laughs> but I think that he is a little bit of a an analog for Mignola, and that I'm sure that he's you know he's a writer and a creative guy, and <laughs> people fucking drink. Yep. You know, <laughs> so I think it's like I think that's he must have if if not him personally, then maybe somebody close to him. He's also said that it's like very very loosely inspired by his dad like oh yeah there could be that you know it's like um yeah yeah but that's a very relatable thing just like finding a thing whether it's alcohol or whatever it is something to escape the reality that you're in for a, a moment something to like not acknowledge the, a problem that you have to face whether it's coming barreling at you or not i think it's a very relatable thing and for us in our everyday, it's not going to be the apocalypse, but it'll feel very, <laughs> yeah. it'll feel like that, you know? So it's, yeah. I, I think that's what, it, that's why the story is so, like, resonates so much with people and it's so fucking cool. And the storm yeah. is growing too. As they're outside, you see the clouds are becoming more like, like there's more like turmoil and like, you know, they're like swirling more. There's like more texture to the clouds and the like leaves are still blowing around them and stuff. Yeah, I love the leaves. I love that, like, that touch to just give that motion of the storm. And as you said, like, it's it constantly doesn't let us forget that it is building. And a gradual darkening. It's like it's like Stuart and Figredo working together so well to have this feeling of the storm and the wind. Like the plants are kind of like blowing to the, you know, Mm -hmm. to the side. It's just really great. I love it. I'm with you. And then uh, moving away from like the storm and they're talking about him stopping to drink. And yeah, I love all these quick like cat like clips of 
past adventures that we've read of his, but in Fregredo style. It's a nice way to kind of catch us up and also to like, yeah, to like, to remind all the readers, this is what happens. Oh my God. Yeah. And to see them in Fregredo style is really, really fun. I love it. Especially like the third wish. And just to, and also, also to give us a little bit of like, cause he's by himself for a lot of those stories. And now he's with Alice who gets to act as the reader and ask him like straight up question, like interview him mm-hmm. a little bit and be like, Oh, do you regret leaving the BPRD when you did? Like, do you think that's, do you, do you regret that? Like, you know, get to like literally hear it from the horse's mouth and be like, Oh no, I'm, I'm glad that I, that I went, had a good time in Africa, should have stayed away from the water or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's all pretty bad after that. And then I got really into uh, like, I fell into a bottle of rum or whatever and that was pretty fucking bad. <laughs> Drinking with skeletons. Drinking with skeletons. <laughs> I I feel like is is this the island? I can't remember at the bottom of the where the, he's in that boat in like that whitewash with the other boat. I mean, yeah, is that, right. Is that the island or am I I I kept thinking I was like because I couldn't remember another ship and I was like, is it the island or am I for am I forgetting something we've read or is it like. Uh, just a random new tale. I, I feel dumb no, even asking. No, I think it is. I think it is the island. I truly can't remember. It's been like a fucking year since we read that stuff. But it's like, but you know, it's like, uh, but we've definitely seen this image of him before. That's like him getting off of him, like escaping that basically. Yeah. That's like after it, doesn't he get fucking stabbed with this mast through the middle or whatever? Does that fucking yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah. That, that big creature stabs and all that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yes. The island was is really a pinnacle point. It's just, I couldn't remember the other ship for some reason. Yeah. I really love that panel with Hecate's Iron Maiden and, and him drinking and just saying blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I just think that truly personifies like where he's like his journey like where he is now and where he came from yeah absolutely yeah that kind <laughs> of sums panel. that sums up this all of the story just this like huge looming glowing eyed monstrous <laughs> torture device uh personification of a demon or whatever <laughs> going starting to go off on a villainous tirade and then him going blah 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 as he drinks a uh, fucking <laughs> Bottle of rum. I love it. Yeah, that really is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of recapping what's been happening lately. Him hanging out, coming back to England, hanging out at various ghosts' houses as he's <laughs> continuing to drink, going, uh, sobering up for one day and getting abducted by witches. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. just like Fregredo being able to like, just in these moments like that like redo what we already loved but it's so fun as a reminder of like yeah all those witches the witch on a pig i'm just glad he put that in there oh yeah they're great (laughs) or like kind of like crouched over a cauldron (laughs) so good really good yeah and that thing with russia and it's cold and there's skeletons and when I get back i have to run to to italy to take care of that other thing you know he's kind of (laughs) like just reminding everybody a little bit it's very much diehard. Come out for the holidays. Have a yeah, good time. Right. <laughs> but in have a couple way. of laughs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's like going over everything. I really like this this call out of his like alcoholism and drinking is like when he says what you've been or she says what you've been through. Nobody could blame you for having a drink. Yeah, but too much. Yeah. If I'd been sober, I might have not accepted that invitation to go hunt giants. Yeah. I think that's just so. Like, yeah, it's like he probably would have thought better to go there. I think it's just a great 
Just acknowledging that drinking caused him to make some mistakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just him like holed up in a ghost's house drinking their old wine. It's like, yeah, I, you know, some other bad shit happened. But then she's like, you know, and then you wouldn't have met me and all this stuff. And, and you wouldn't have be king of Britain. And that's true. I like that he acknowledges like we have Excalibur wrapped up in a hotel towel in the back of your rental car right now. <laughs> it's like what I do with my laptop or something when I go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I love it. It's just like it's so uh, like it's such a grand thing. But like, man, we tossed it in the back. I mean, where? Yeah, they can't carry it around with them. So then they're driving just kind of like, I don't know what to do. You know, uh, they they drive by. um a guy, kind of your classic doomsday sort of a guy with the end is nigh on his sign. And he's ringing a bell, but this one hit, hits a little harder than you most. You know, you might just like walk past a guy like that. But yeah. today it's like with the storm and with everything they know, it's pretty ominous. The bell tolling for them. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that very much. Me either. As they continue <laughs> driving and it's getting darker and darker. Um, and we see, uh, this is Mab, right? Uh, yes. Saying the noble dead of Britain will come again f- to follow their king. Just kind of the prophecy, like, is pr- in the, literally in the center of this page, in the center of their minds. You know, they can't, es- like, they're kind of having, like, this little discussion, but it's also, like, constantly in the, on, on their mind that this prophecy is, like, it's coming now like it's it's happening right now yes it is yeah <laughs> they're, and they're almost joking they're like continuing to kind of chuckle about it almost shouldn't a unicorn or a talking dog show up about now and tell you what to do yeah you'd think what about like you know still kind of riffing on her bit but then <laughs> yeah. suddenly they're stopped by an enormous fucking warrior that smashes the front of their car <laughs> and their car goes careening off of the road into a ditch Really beautifully done car accident. Like everything's very clear and like also looks like devastating. And like the the sense of like motion here is really good. Like the shot of the panel of them like inside the car with the glass flying around and everything. It is brutal. Like I rereading this, I I think Fregredo does such a great job of like of displaying the the chaos of this crash yeah that i honestly am like it's scary it's yeah i've never been great. in a car accident this bad i i mean it's so i'm so scared of get like i think just driving around la i i like i think i have like maybe some sort of general anxiety where uh pretty much every time i'm in a car i think about a car accident uh i just imagine <laughs> like a vivid uh car accident like uh or getting hit by a car walking with my dog or something like that it's like i I guess it's kind of a big fear of mine. I'm realizing as I'm saying it out loud, but like this crash, I'm like, oh God, I hope I'm never in a fucking car accident where I'm upside down. So scary. Movies display it so many times. Like, yeah, you get a little acclimated to it, but then I don't know. Oh, it's still terrifying. To me. Yeah. Like, it's so every time scary. a movie, even if it's not a movie where I expect there to be a crash, if people are driving and they just, and they shoot it a certain way where like, I I can't see a certain like angle or it's a like yeah. There's a particular driving shot in a movie where I'm constantly like the remake are- of the remake of Let the Right One In or Let Let Me In. I think they called the remake mm-hmm. has a has a 
crazy car scene that's like pretty scary. It's- Adaptation has one too, where in Adaptation, <sighs> oh, yeah. he backs up out of the back. Ugh, yeah, yeah. That shit's so rough. Even though Country for Old Men has one at the end. When, oh, uh, yeah. Javier Bardem gets a car. <laughs> that's right. And that one's also like just catches you off guard and you're yeah. like, ugh. And that's how this feels. That's like, how know? it would be. You would be like totally out of nowhere. You know, you don't notice it. I guess for this, you know, no, you know, soldier of a blood queen is coming to kill me or anything. So <laughs> I guess I, I guess I don't have to worry about that specific thing, but I can. <laughs> don't let me underestimate my brain. Yeah, don't let underestimate. Maybe it'll maybe make me scared. Maybe you have a, a a great lineage that somebody will come. To yeah, I don't know. I think <laughs> I don't want to look into my family tree, dude. I, I'm a little scared of what's up there. <laughs> Speaking of fears. I love these sound effects right before um, this big warrior hits the, like the scree of the, yeah, the tires. The tires. And the crunch. <laughs> and the, even just the little movement, the like movement of the sort of like trail of the tires is really nice like and the sort of like manga-ish like action lines you really get a sense of speed with that like on the street the like shadows and the like uh background stuff like the foliage and shit is like has like this kind of like speed blur to it Mm -hmm. that really gives it it a sense of like barreling towards this um warrior who's barreling Right towards him, as well. yeah, <laughs> and like completely unfazed by a fucking car, you know, punches the hood of the car, uh, hood of the car in. Really fun, like armor and stuff here too, and like kind of whippy, tendrily armor and hair. While Quill's esque hair, you know, like this soldier goes to the same barber as like Predator or whatever. It's like kind of <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Um, I love the detail in this big, uh, like when you. Stop and really look at the panel when he smashes the car. Yeah. Hellboy's head goes right through the windshield. Right. It's it just wild. smashes through. I guess I'm glad it's Hellboy's head and not fucking Alice's. She's all yeah, buckled Alice in. Alice would have been dead. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's crazy. I, I, I don't know. It's cinematically, I think it's cool that we have these big sound effects and then the rest of the tumble. It's, I mean, I wouldn't say it goes completely silent, but I could see her like, it has that thing where well like, it's also interspersed with like the die monster like yeah. the the scene where hellboy stabbed through at the wild hunt and so it's like kind of like this moment of this feeling of doom like this really ominous shit like oh we just got hit really hard out of the complete blue we know this bad shit is coming and we still got fucking surprised and then it's it's intercut with him also being, you know, him being surprised by the wild hunt. He had no idea that he was going to be betrayed and stabbed in the back. Mm-hmm. But it's these noble men of Britain who's like, you're the fucking devil. You're never going to sit on the throne. We'll make sure of that. And so, you know, Hellboy's trying to be stopped by everyone all the time. So I guess how diligent and like ready can you be for an attack every single moment? But that's kind of where he has to be right now. Then there's this panel of the warrior like looking over into the ditch at the car. Alice is fine-ish, but she is bleeding and she's upside down. Hellboy's like, stay put. I'm going to go punch this thing. (laughs) He leaves Excalibur in the car. Uh, You forgot your sword, Alice says, as she's like fucking hanging by her (laughs) seatbelt. He's like, I got got my right hand to do. (laughs) Yeah, Hellboy immediately punches off the helmet of this warrior 
This is a king. Start talking, pal, because the next one's going to take your goddamn head off. He's like fucking coming to clobber this guy. We get we get a really nice, uh, you know, like close call, a close shave kind of things with like the this cool spear with like a pointed even the the like handle has like a pointed end. Excuse me. But yeah. He's like kind of fighting with this uh, warrior. The warrior's kind of giving him shit. Who would you have for a queen, Mab? And then at first we think like, oh, he's talking shit because she's old. Mab, the last queen of Tuatha de Danann, the fairies of Ireland, a king. And then like we have a little cut back to Mab in her like full power, telling Hellboy, you know, giving him the like prophecy again. A king is wanted to call and command an army to oppose his queen of blood. And then the warrior tells Hellboy that she's dead. And he's like, you're a fucking liar. And the... (laughs) The warrior's like, it's true. The blood queen cut her throat and the war's on, bitch. And there's this like sad kind of like panel of Mab with her like golden blood like pouring out from her and this like gold dagger with golden blood dripping from it with the queen of blood and like the little warriors behind them. Yeah. Yeah. The coloring of that is also just so like how that gloomy blue and like the red that's like shrouded onto the blood queen it's just yeah so ominous well then you notice like all of the panels there there's like a gold and blue thing happening throughout the fight where like the this warrior's in like golden armor and has like a golden slash across its face and these like recollections of mab are all blue and then you get like the contrast of the gold and the like deep blues in that panel where mab has been slain and then there's like kind of blue and greens and like darkness as the storm is gathering like those really dark like bruise colored clouds that happen right before a horrible thunderstorm yeah and you get a little panel of father bill leaving the ship the the like pub that he went to and it's like getting worse and worse huge fucking lightning bolt striking (laughs) a war to wipe the curse of man and all his works from the face of the earth forever so like really spooky shit and then this is a great transition this is so fucking good but as we as as like the warrior is talking we kind of like zoom out that's when we see like the countryside and and the pub and then like this full sort of like landscape of the this part of England. We see the lightning bolt striking and then we follow that. We follow like the bolts of lightning to this other location, not super far, but elsewhere. And we see Grauguk all like getting almost struck by the lightning, tripping and falling onto a grave and then being addressed by this old man in a robe with like long cool hair like a wizard looking guy yes you should know uh or he says who's there you should know you're sprawled across the lid of my grave and grogak's like cowering and calling him master saying mercy and all this stuff and he's like fuck you no mercy for you pig this is merlin right i believe it will okay okay i know we're not gonna get to this the next episode that will confirm your that but yeah that is definitely i believe it is merlin <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. We, let's not try to hide it and Grauga definitely... calling him master and he's sort of you know he looks like a merlin <laughs> yeah if i, I just like saw this, this picture <laughs> you know um and it's interesting because this is it's like okay and i love it's a grave so it's like yeah there's a lot of mystery and i think it's a great cliffhanger and i think it's i think it is like a perfect plotting like 
we great way to get us excited for what's to come and leave us with a little bit of like great mystery. Cause yeah. we're, we leave Hellboy in this battle and then we're, we're back with Grauguck who has been exiled by the blood queen. So we're like, what? And then now he's running into this. He's so sad. He's such a <laughs> yeah. sad, pathetic character. And then, I mean, I have to say, I think this is one of my favorite, like final lines of an issue we've ever read. No mercy for you, pig. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. And like really you just said, so like that sad. plays into how sad it is. I like Merlin's nose hair in this uh, panel, too. <laughs> I really do. I think it's like there's such great old, uh, like an old tree. This man, his texture is really cool. Yeah, especially even in addition to that, his eyebrow, I like how far his eyebrow goes. Yeah, out. it's like it's like bushy hair, but it's also like reminds me of when he of when Figredo draws cobwebs like he looks uh, ancient, you know? Yeah, he really does. It's cool. It's great. Hell yeah. Um, we're going to have some final thoughts in just a moment about this first issue of The Storm. But I just want to remind everybody that's listening. We want to hear your thoughts. And you can do share your thoughts by emailing us at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. And then you can also follow us on Instagram at awcrapahellboypodcast. And then please subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever platform that you listen to us if they give you that option. But you can go out of your way to go on Apple Podcasts and give us a boom review. Mm. A boom review is all the stars. I think it's five there. I think I know. Uh, it's five stars. I've heard. <laughs> five stars. Uh, plus your review starts with the word boom. B-O-O-M. If you give us a boom review, we will read your review right here on the show. And we'll praise you. We'll give you all the love. Um, and also that's just, if you guys, you do that, that it gets more people to the show and when, the more, the merrier. So thank you again for sharing your thoughts. And you can get that again, once again, at ah crap, a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. But now let's get back to our final thoughts. Yeah. Kate about this first issue, chapter one of the storm. It's great. It feels like we are finally getting to the ending. It's, it's hellboys literally sobered up and is ready to acknowledge what is happening and kind of face this problem and you know it's like coming to a head favorite panels and stuff you know this last panel where Graugak is cowering in front of Merlin as he's like sitting on the grave I really love that in Graugak's shadow you see this like sigil this kind of like Celtic knot sort of a thing on the grave like it kind of not like illuminated really in the shadow, but like you see the detail of it in the shadow and like the moon kind of washes out some of it. And also the grave maybe is very old. So maybe it's like weather worn or something like that. But I, I love how that looks so much, but it's hard to pick a favorite panel because a lot of them are just uh, so good. They're so yeah, good. Duncan is, is stellar, but that's a great detail to point out. I love that. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it's a, because you can like if you don't really take the time to like stop and look at the panel, you could miss that because he's not it's all all the details just so good in this entire and panel. the pacing of it is so good. Like the story you you want to power through you want to just like barrel through it. But his art is just so good that at least for me, I'm like, well, let me stop and look at this fucking the way he drew this hand <laughs> <Yeah>. for 15 <laughs> minutes or, you know, not that long, but, for you know. 
kind of like linger over it and take it in because it's really so impressive. I'm with you there. But his but his pacing and storytelling, I guess that's a combination of him and Mignola. They're just so dynamite. It's Mwah. it really is. I love the chef kisses. Yeah, yeah, tonight. yeah. I'm go- I'm gonna walk backwards, sort of just on like what are, what it really stood out to me. Um, I mean, I love this this big warrior, which we'll find out about, of course, in the next two issues about him. But yeah. What I l- love is I love in the language that he talks to Hellboy is this, this, uh, this is a king and all that. And yeah. I, I love that, that, that bravado behind that and that almost overly confidence. And it really reminds me of this is, um, from Black Panther, great actor Winston Duke playing the part of M'Baku. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He when he comes and challenges uh, uh, T'Challa, and he's just like, "This is a king." He's like, "Yeah, like, yeah." And like, I, I love Winston Duke so much in that, and that's what this creature reminds me of is that energy. And yeah, I think it's so cool and captured on the page so well, and like, <laughs> and just Duncan gives him. I mean, the design of him alone is just so cool. And I, I mean, this is a small thing and you pointed out it when we were walking through it, but I really like that panel specifically where it shows the warrior in the far distance of the, you know, after the, cause the panel before after the car crash. crash. Yeah. Yeah. We see the car settle, which the dust is kicking up. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next panels that follow though, that one where you see him in the distance is with Hellboy and Alice making sure Alice is okay. Yeah. It's just great tension they're creating because you'd never let you forget that that guy is coming he's still looming yeah <sighs> but then you're more but you're preoccupied. And not just in the panel but in the whole composition of the page too yes he's like up in the corner of that page looking over these other panels of him checking alice like it's really 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 good oh that's a great call out because it's like if you look if you were just to look at the, the last panel in the first mm-hmm. it looks as if the warrior is looking down at, directly at, at Hellboy, Hellboy looking up over. coming out of the car. Oh my god, this panel, uh, this page is <laughs> so, so good. Fucking good. Duncan Fagredo, jeez Louise. Because you also, it's all, and the collar too here, like him between him and Stuart. I mean, they're just fucking so buff. They're so strong <laughs> yeah. at art. There's like the because you have Hellboy in this kind of inside the car with like this sort of muted red color, this like shaded red color. And then as he emerges from the car and is fully illuminated again just by the light of the day, he's like a bright red. So that draws your eye to this corner, this diagonal like corner of the page and then make a diagonal line right back up to the little figure, this gold figure encircled (laughs) by like the the gray, the like dark blue gray of the storm clouds behind him and like also this like circle of trees like he's uh, and smashed through the fucking guardrail and stuff like that like he's like perfectly silhouetted there so he's very very clear so you have that like coming down to this heavier like hellboy figure down here crashed to the bottom it's like so fucking good this is such a good comic book dude it's, this is it's almost like it's a reminder of going through and stopping to really take this in yeah these pages is like i know that hellboy is very well known in the comedy community or comedy community the comic (laughs) community yeah yeah and it's it's revered as like one of the i'm not there's no arguing that but i still feel i still feel like it gets it's a little underrated like people don't praise it enough 
Right. You know what I mean? Like you always it's just like, hear yeah, about the classics. Yeah. Like, yeah. But this is like, this, these need to be revisited in like, like I know, I know a lot of people who are into comics who have never read Hellboy. They're like, oh yeah, I got to pick up an issue. And that's how I was before we started this podcast. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I liked those movies. Like, you know, I should check it out. <laughs> it's like the fucking best thing I've ever read, dude. It's so good. It's just, oh, help yeah. me. What a great storytelling. Dynamite, dynamite. Going further back, just to point out things I love, I really like the close-up of Alice's yeah. face when she does see the creature in the um, in the street, that flash panel before yeah. we go to the wide of the... That's like feel, a fun, that's like very pulpy for me. That's like, that's the, what I was going to say. Yeah, it feels yeah. like it's in like an old horror novel, like comic book. Yeah. <laughs> like I expect you to do that shadow, to, man. That, that yeah. like, mm-hmm. I expect to like go to the next page and there's like a zombie or a vampire. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's, it's a so porcupine predator. I'm very curious if the end of the end is nigh. It's a classic thing, but it almost reminds me of not to reference over-reference Watchmen, but it just made me immediately think of that because that had like a thing where Rorschach is constantly throughout holding the the sign that says like the end is nigh and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And then was like, I wonder if that's a nod at all because it looks like Alan Moore. Like the guy that's holding it looks truly like look up Alan Moore. It he looks... doesn't have enough rings on his fingers to be Alan Moore. <laughs> Alan Moore. Alan Moore wants to, he wants to look like Merlin, but he looks more like this guy. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> Not to talk shit on Alan Moore. But yeah, we can talk gives, shit on him. He's great and shit. an asshole. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, I am a wizard. It's like, I think you just have a lot of rings. I think you went to Spencer's. Yeah, he went to Spencer's. It's <laughs> I am going to pick a favorite panel. Um, I mean, I could continue to go backwards and just talk about everything, but we don't need to do that. My... <laughs> My favorite panel, I think, is this panel when they're walking down the street and Hellboy's sort of coming to the end of telling her, like, you know, I'm done drinking. Yeah. And he's like, I shouldn't have gone to the the hunt. And she and she tells him, but then you wouldn't have turned up on my doorstep and how'd that work out for you? The And then he says, yeah. And she says, pretty good, I'd say. I think that panel of her holding onto his arm. Yeah. And his, his expression of turning down to her. Yeah. Is absolutely one of the best i just love that the the relationship what a little human connection is nice yeah yeah so it's such a sweet moment it's very understated and i think i just think that that drawing of hellboy is one of the absolute best if not just by by duncan but by anybody that's put yeah has put pen to paper for hellboy I just oh. it's great. It, and I also love how he does this like tree stump kind of a horn thing. Yeah. Like the horns are they're not like perfectly like circular goggly looking things. They're like, yeah, it, it looks like roots coming out of a skull or something. It's really cool. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I honestly just wish we could just sit here and talk about the next two issues. But we're yeah. going to wait till next. Episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great stuff. That's all I got to say. It is. Great stuff. It is, man. Nice to be back reading some Hellboy. I mean, I love BPRD, but this is the this is the meat of the meal. Yeah, he is. To, I I I think he is like he's the core of this of this universe. He is like the I don't know. He's the heart. He's the rock of it. He's the constant. If you yeah. watch Lost, I guess if you're referencing one of reference Lost randomly. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see you next next episode for the f- 
next two issues of this great story. Woohoo! But before we're out of here, we got a we got a segment for you. Um, and then I got a new segment that I'm gonna have that's really fun about. Ooh. But, um, our first segment is a classic. Oh boy. Email. Yeah. <laughs> it um if you look at the document, uh Kate, I spliced in some uh the our our outline document just so I people know what I'm talking about and referencing. But yeah. uh, I spliced in some photos that go along with this email. This comes from this guy's a regular like Instagram follower as well, and he he, he sends us um messages on there as well. He's really nice. His name is Vincent Segur. Segur? Oh, yeah. Segur, hopefully I pronounced that right. I can't remember his emails us before because it's been so long. But this email is very cool. And this is in response to our episode that we had Hector Navarro on um, to discuss Hellboy in Mexico. But it's yeah. specifically about action figures. It's really great. It's so good. <laughs> this email is, of course, entitled Hellboy Movie Figures. So Vincent says, since Hector did not have Hellboy figures for the Hellboy in Mexico episode... I thought I would contribute these shots. <laughs> he says, my collection is not complete, but I do have a few. I also threw in some Pan's Labyrinth figures and David Harbour's Sheriff Hopper, just for laughs. It's so fun. <laughs> and then he closes out. Thanks for continuing your great podcast. Cheers, Vincent. Vincent. Oh, thank you, dude. And the pictures are so funny. <laughs> I love them. They're just like great. Like, and that's what, so like his Instagram is Seeger Vincent, S-E-E-G-E-R-V-I-N-C-E-N-T. And it's definitely like worth checking out because he has like such a good collection of action figures and like does these great like poses of them or he'll like combine two different like IPs into one picture like uh, like a like dinosaur like hunting Batman and Robin or something like that like it's really like fun so that's why that's what this kind of is it's like all of them hanging out in this really awesome like bar setting yeah it's, <laughs> it's like a like, perfect bar background I love it it looks like Rasputin is a bartender for Hellboy and and Har- Hopper <laughs> yeah and there's like little bottles like little glass bottles of booze and stuff like that it's just really good a trash can fire this is a rough bar I know really rough bar right yeah, yeah. We got Liz. We got Summer Blair Liz hanging out with um, Johan from the movies. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I don't know why this one is very funny to me because I love it has like, I can't remember what those monsters are called from the um, Guillermo del Toro movies in the first, but this one has the the Pan from Pav's Labyrinth. I think the yeah. little girl from Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, because they're holding hands in Hellboy with his full horns. And they're like, and then one of these monsters is walking into the bar door. And I don't, the way they're set up, I don't feel like they're going to fight. I feel like this creature is the norm of this bar. And they're all like, hey. Yeah. They're like, hey, you're late. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> is it Samuel? The- Samuel, I think you are 100% yeah. right. Thank the hound, you. the hounds, I guess you would call them. And then, yeah, then we got the pale man, also from Pan's Labyrinth, <laughs> with the, the like elf fairy princess from the yes. second movie fuck i can't remember her i name can't remember either. her name either off the top of and the abe together just hanging at the bar just la- having a laugh that looks like abe's laugh. telling a story yeah it's good shit i love the pale man is like patting her on the back almost yeah like- he's like ah, ha, ha, ha. They're like get that creepy hand away from me oh vincent gave me the okay to post these yeah so these you guys can check out our instagram tag vincent for everybody on there if you haven't seen them 
yet, just go to our Instagram. This stuff and check is really out. fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, and thank you, Vincent. We really appreciate the email as well as just the sharing of those. I think that's great. Yeah, dude. It's so good. And reminder, everybody, you can share your thoughts, your pictures, your stuff at ahcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. Woo! Great. So I have another segment before we close out. This is a new segment I'm going to call Hellmail. Hellmail? It means it's literal mail that we received for the podcast. Yeah. This comes from a guy named Franco Aguilar um, from Arizona. He reached out online. He's like, hey, I got something I'd love to send to you and Kate. And I was like, are you sure? Are you <laughs> sure you want to send that to us? He's like, yes, I'd Anthrax. love to. Honestly, I'm like, yeah, it could be anthrax. That'd be fun. No, of course not. No, yeah, but this yeah. thing, he, I'm going to pull it out for you. And you're going to see it on camera right now for the first time, Kate. I yeah, don't, I don't I know what this is. And I truly can't believe he sent this to us. It's it, it's really cool. I want I'm it. Shocked. So I'm pulling I don't it out know what it is. The envelope. What it is, I'm just going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet until I pull it up. But it is like an old issue, like an original printing issue of one uh, an early Hellboy comic book. Oh let me, shit! Let me see, like I don't know what a year what the copyright is on this. Comic books have copyright. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't wait to show this to you. I know I'm holding it away. Okay, but he sent us uh, like an original printing of the Wolves of Saint August. That's Saint so August. cool. It, it it's it's oh like, that's it's not, like it's, it looks like it's in good shape. It, it's beat up. It's beat up, but it's not like ripped. You can read it. The interior is in still in good shape. I love this early ninety five. Dark- it was published oh, ninety five. Yeah, I love this early like it's a different kind of paper. It's like yeah, it's in between like early comics where it's like sort of like newspapery. No, yeah, comics then- in the nineties were like different, man. The texture is like it's not as smooth as they yeah. are now. It's like yeah, more but, pulpy. Oh my god, the coloring in this. It's this is by James Sinclair. There's so many deep blacks I forgot because we haven't read the story since yeah. uh, Jonathan uh, Marks Beravecchia was on for us for the first uh, time. Oh, yeah. God, that was a long time ago. Yeah, It's the, the the I can't wait to like let you have this in your hands, Kate, because it's just it's such a great, perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. What, what was the guy's name that sent it to us? Franco Aguilar. Dude, thank you so much, Franco. That's so nice. I'll take a couple of pictures with it too, and I'll post it with this week's episode <laughs> just to thank him and show. Aw, that's so nice. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, why wouldn't you want to keep that for yourself, man? I know. You but, fool. But thank you. Thank um, you very much. So yeah, that's cool. really cool. I want to see it. Yeah, it's great. I don't have anything to suggest other than you know, if you haven't pick up well, the you storm, know, we and did. It. So we we he referenced all, a lot. Uh, on the Hellboy in Mexico and, and on every previous one that Hector was on, we talked about having a Shrek marathon. <laughs> and we did. We finally did. We had Shrekathon. We went to Hector's house and watched all four Shrek movies. And it was it. great. It was such a good time. Hector hosts the fuck out of a out of a movie marathon. He really he does. Made a document and printed it out, double sided color document of every Shrek. Mo- like movie and like side thing play tv show and then also had like <laughs> it, for the movies they were like a little bit bigger and he had like little bubbles for us to like rate them as we went and then we could order them at the end which of course is his like bread and butter is like or making like lists right like from yes. one to five my yes. favorite so we got to do that with hector and it was 
a fucking treat. It was such a joy to watch it with him. And I didn't even realize that he, I mean, maybe he had said this before, but when we got there, I was like, oh, he fucking worked on the 3D versions of like some of these. Like, yeah, he's so cool. And he's like, yeah, he had so much insight on it, had all these cool Shrek books, like art related <laughs> books and stuff. I was like, really made me like appreciate Shrek so much more. And I already liked Shrek, you know, except for that third one. What a stinker. But yeah, the third one is first time. The fourth it. one was good. I really enjoyed the fourth one. And <laughs> everybody should go watch the fourth one. It really was good. You don't even have to watch the fucking third one. Unless you want to, unless if if Hector offers to have a Shrekathon, then you should go see it. The only people that should watch the four, the third one, excuse me, the third one is if you're a Justin Timberlake like completionist and you have to see everything <laughs> Justin Timberlake is. In. I'm sure those exist. Yeah, there's got to be people. <laughs> so yeah, Shrek Forever After, I guess, go watch. That's probably my recommendation. I I think that's a great recommendation. Yeah, and all. I also this is not related at all. Well, yeah. I guess it's semi related because oh. there's good action. But I saw this movie called Tai Chi Master, and it has, like, Michelle Yao and Jet Li from, like, I think from the early 90s, uh, 93. It was so fucking cool and good. And, like, they had, a, they had like, a Michelle Yao double feature at the New Beverly recently because I guess her that new movie's coming out that she's in that looks so fucking funny and good. She is, like, incredible, dude. I, I really had no idea how fucking cool she was. Her action scenes are so cool. And Tai Chi Master was just, like, so excellent. I couldn't really find it streaming, but there's, like, really affordable Blu-rays out there, like, that you can get for, like, 12 bucks. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Go, I mean, I'm tai buying Chi it. Master. I'm buying that movie. It was so good. We also saw uh, Wing Chun was the other movie in the double feature which was also cool, but and pretty funny, <laughs> but it wasn't as good as Tai Chi Master. Oh, I mean, I get you just got me going, like wanting to share what I was watching this week. What I was went, it? Uh, while I've been in Utah, and I just watched the entire Scream franchise. Oh yeah, I watched the the newest Scream I, recently. Yeah. I watched all of them until wow. leading up to that one. I gotta just that's say, a fucking gauntlet, dude. I'm gonna tell that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go on the record saying I think I think. One is per is the the gold standard. One's great. One's great. Two surprisingly fun. I loved the twist. Yeah, it was like great. Still fun stuff in two. Number three, it's weaker than the other two, but it it's still fun. Yeah, it has some like I think Wes Craven is really good on like like a different take, like doing the same thing but injecting a different take in it. Yeah, and here's the thing: genuinely a hundred percent surprised how much I liked Scream Four. <laughs> I, I Scream 4 is the one that I haven't seen in the longest time, and that's what I need to watch. I thought I thought what Wes Craven did. Is that like, the one that ends in the hospital, or is yeah, the third one yeah, the one that... Okay, okay, okay. And it has, like, it genuinely has Nev Campbell say, and it made me laugh out loud because I thought it was, like, pure, perfect camp. It's yeah. her going, you forgot the one rule. Don't fuck with the original. And I was like, that's so yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the meta-ness of Scream movies, you know, it's great. But I have to admit, the new Scream, it just lacked like the campy. It didn't have the Can I tell you exactly energy. where can I tell you exactly where it went wrong? Yeah. Cause it was I, I thought David Spoiler Arquette was awesome in it. Spoiler. Yeah. Everybody just skip it if you're if you're if you're give half a shit about this. Okay, so you have the OG character show up. Like, I think David Arquette was great in it. I think it was good that he died when he died. I think that you, if if their meta criticism in the movie is that 
you know, toxic fans are bad and toxic fans are the real things that kill these kind of franchises or whatever. The fans should have killed Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox. They should have gone full blown murder the the whole franchise because that's what the that's what the thesis statement is, right? It's like yes. these toxic fans. But it's like y- y- this shit is like burned into the ground. But they they would never do that. Like they would I, you know, they don't have the I agree with you. Yeah. That would be the camp take because if you if you remember four, spoiler for anybody, it's a fun take on just like fame. Like the yeah. killer is somebody that's like you wants to be famous. Wants to be famous. And they're like tired of being like in a family member's shadow. And it's so silly, but it's done really well. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I can't believe that Wes Craven did all four of them. I thought he killed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. I think it should have been just the I think it's, of yeah. the franchise. I think they should have just killed the whole franchise. You got to kill Nev Campbell. You got to kill at fucking everybody. Here's, because, here's my pick. But it's also the studio. It's not fucking. Yes. It's the studio ruining the shit. It's not fans. You can't even blame. Even the toxic fans who are like have this like whatever. You can say they have like bad influence over these companies. These are fucking million dollar companies. Millionaires making the decisions at the end of the day. Yeah. They can choose, you know, like in Star Wars or something like that. You could have some fucking like cojones and fucking just finish the movie the way you wanted to and have the fucking characters that you plan to have. But instead, you're going to listen to these like vocal fucking nerds who are like mad that like an Asian woman is in their Star Wars or whatever the fucking stupid problem that they have with shit. Yep. It's like that's really it. So maybe, I don't know, maybe Nev Campbell should have gone crazy and been ghost-faced in this one. Like, the fucking franchise itself is fucking stupid. But you're not that meta. You can't, like, you're a meta, quote, meta movie franchise. But, like, you can't do it to the extent where you're actually skewering yourself. Yeah. Also, you don't have fucking Matthew Lillard. And he is, like, the the spice of the movie. I think in the first Scream, like, the teens in the newest Scream... Didn't do it for me that much. Like, I thought they were totally fine. But nobody's like, nobody's nobody's popping. Nobody's popping for me like a crazy ass Lillard. I, 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 I need, you know, Jamie Kennedy. Like, these are memorable people. Because they're like, (laughs) casting is strange. Like, you wouldn't, it's unfortunate, but you don't think they, I don't think that Hollywood would cast those characters anymore. Yeah. They're all like, everybody's all pretty or fucking. It's literally hard to tell actors apart now it like you know they everybody just kind of they're all kind of looking the same hot level of hotness (laughs) they're all extremely hot i want to have goofy looking people with bad teeth Uh, like i just miss whatever people can be like oh this movie is like so real or what like no dude no i I, give me some fucking bad teeth before you say your movie is like real i don't don't need realness i just want fun movies i want movies uh, for, from scream i want yeah. fun yeah i want fun I uh, but i s- want but fun comes from specific characters yeah specificity characters that i can see in my world that that are that are attractive in weird ways like i i, I you know like i, I don't know i no. don't know I, I i i can only agree with you nev I, campbell should have been ghostface that's my that's my final that's thought. a great take my that's other take a, that's is, a conclusion i come from i think so it would have been fun to. if the fans would have won but uh-huh. then one okay, they would have killed everybody. Yeah. But then they would have like the movie would have ended 
with like sort of okay did you ever see the end of graduate the movie the graduate when yeah yeah the where they're like sad at the end I it's like what have we done that's what they should have done they should have killed yeah. the original said we're redoing it the way we and now their it. lives are empty husks yeah they should have just been, like one should have been sitting there going like happy but not really clear like did we do the right thing and the other one's just fully like crying i bet upset. it's in her I, I bet it's in her and courtney Co- i bet it's in nev campbell's and yeah. courtney cox's like Contract. contracts they can't die that they're like yeah we we're gonna live in this so you can't make as it is much of a fucking commentary movie because it's just like oh we're bad fans and oh we're the killers I fucking hate that. True I think that commentary movies don't get sequels. True commentary movies don't even like get praised by the masses. Yeah, yeah. Just, A studio wouldn't be behind it, which is why the newest Matrix is so good. I disagree, but I'll let you have it. <laughs> I think All I right. think they I think they do commentary. I think they do surface level commentary for 45 minutes and then they just do a matrix four they let lana wachowski do it just <laughs> enough and then they're like yeah well we're putting this in space jam bitch well that's great check all of that out folks we want to thank <laughs> you again for listening to us uh talk about everything hellboy and our random rants yeah but we'll see you next week when we cover the storms issue two and three that'll be chapter two and three we'll finish out the storm next week Hey, that, that's it. Thank you again for listening. And remember, we love you. We love you so much. <laughs> the end. <laughs>